Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. As I've mentioned on Twitter, uh, things have been a little crazy in my day-to-day life lately, so I apologize for the slow uploads over the last week and a half or so, or lack thereof, I should say. Uh, But we are back. We have episodes this week. We have episodes coming next week, so we are glad to be back, especially with the news of the global launch of Marvel Snap coming up soon with the latest patch. And these are all the things we're going to be covering in the next couple of episodes. So appreciate you sticking with us through the the slowness and the break here. But we will dive right back into episodes going forward. So thank you for sticking with us. I just want to give a quick shout out. Make sure to go to the Marvel Snap Zone YouTube and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, That is a great place you can find the podcast in addition to your favorite podcasting platform as well as a lot of great other content that the team at Marvel Snap Zone and a lot of contributors are putting out there. So make sure to go check that out and subscribe. Without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. We are back once again with another Patch Notes Breakdown episode. And as you may expect, I am joined by most frequent returning guest host, Luke Muncher. Luke, thanks for being here. Always looking forward to our scheduled visit every three or four weeks. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, we were a little bit, a couple more days, or I should say, this this episode's coming out a couple days later than we normally like to get to them. We've just both been kind of busy this week, but we are excited to get this out during uh, patch week. So we will dive in on our thoughts here. Uh, let's just say up front, uh, obviously this is a very big patch. Uh, I, most cards changed, uh, that we've seen. So this, you know, might be a little bit longer than some of our past ones where we've been around 30 or 40 minutes. Um, and I'm interested, uh, you know, they've done a lot, I think in this patch to prepare for release, global release next month. But uh, I think we may, uh, see one more patch before release. So I, I'm interested at, as we're talking today, we can, kind of share our thoughts on what we may think still needs to be changed uh, before global release. So let's dive right in. Uh, general section. Um, interested to hear your thoughts on this, Lou. So emotes. So a new set of emotes are available for use. Check them out while playing a match by tapping your avatar and let your opponent know how you're feeling about the latest play. Uh, I think these are definitely a step up that, from the uh, emojis, uh, if you will, that nobody used and Barely anybody knew we're in the game. Uh, how are you feeling about the new emotes in the game? I like the new emotes a lot. They just add a lot of flavor. And the ones that they chose to do, the snap and the Spider-Man pointing, like they're all great and fantastic. So I'm looking forward to see if they add more or what they do with that. I would like it if they added stuff like that and like kind of replace the emojis on the card where you could have like the Spider-Man like pop up on the card or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm sure they're still playing around with it. I'm curious to to know what you think. I've been talking to a few people. Do you think? Uh, do you foresee future monetization of the uh, of the emotes? Like you can buy them and, and equip them. I think you could definitely see that. I don't know if they will go straight for like a purchasing thing. I could definitely see them being added to the caches or to season pass rewards or to the ranked rewards or I'm like, I could definitely see them being added in as rewards. Yeah. Like maybe special emotes. You'd have to hit this or do that to get that emote or whatever. But I don't know if they will put it, 
you know, you pay a couple dollars or gold for this or whatever, but I can definitely see them adding it into the rewards. Yeah. And I uh, personally, right. Like I'm, I'd be much more motivated uh, by emotes than let's say, you know, user icon or yeah, you know, profile icons. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd be like, I have to get all the emotes, right. I don't want to miss any of them. So interested to see what they do there. Um, this next uh, change is interesting. Uh, the matchmaking system will allow for longer wait time for higher ranked, high ranked players to increase the likelihood of finding a more competitive opponent. Uh, I personally think this makes a lot of sense, especially as we're approaching global release, right? Um, you know, bots are there to fill in the gaps, but you really want people to be playing humans as much as possible, right? Um, have you noticed this at all? You've been playing the last couple days, uh, any difference or just, do you feel like you're matching more humans? I have been playing a lot lately, but the, I just hit infinite. So I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm one of those high rank players, but I know people that are higher up in the like one eighties and, uh, two hundreds. And they seem to be like that. They are taking like 30, 40 minutes, but they're playing a lot more players this season than they had before. So interesting yeah uh, like you say i i mean i'm i'm definitely i'm not at infinite yet and uh so i don't feel like this is quote-unquote affecting me um so yeah I, I think it's a good thing i think it's needed for just a global release of a game uh you don't want it to release and then everybody's still playing a ton of bots at that level so uh that being yeah, said there's, th- there's still gonna be some bots right yeah i, I think it's super interesting i think most people would because of those people that you know that quickly get to 150 or 200 those higher ranks like i know that before they would play you know 95 percent against bots so i'm sure most people would probably you know i'll wait 30 seconds if it means i'll play a real player than just bots all day every day yep yep agreed okay uh, this is a very welcome change in my mind. Uh, next, uh, weekly mission requirements have been reduced to 5, 10, 15, 20, and 25 completed daily missions versus 5, 10, 20, 30, 35. Uh, solid change in my opinion. I think that 35 sometimes just felt like you had to play every day, multiple times a day. You needed to get every mission, right? This gives you a little bit more flexibility in my mind. Yeah, I, I think this is a good change. I think... You know, with global release coming, I, you know, we're going to have a big influx of new players. This is a lot more new player and more casual friendly. You know, I play all day, every day. So, like, I would finish the 35 rewards with a few days left and just have no more to get. But I understand I'm abnormal when it comes yep. to that. So, I think this is a good change for new players and more casual players. Yep. Helps them to uh, kind of speed up their acquisition of cards, especially early on. By be able by being able to complete those missions, so a welcome change. Well, we've got three quick ones, and then that'll finish out the general section. We've got the game results screen has been visually upgraded. Card art variant names are now visible in the shop and card detail screen, and doubled the max number of decks you can have from ten to twenty. Uh, out of these three changes, which one stands out to you the most, or what's your favorite? Uh, the double deck size, yeah, <laughs> the deck limit. Obviously, like I'm, I'm definitely someone that would always be deleting decks just because I'm constantly trying new stuff out and stuff like that. So 20 is fantastic. I still think I still have a few more free slots right now. I haven't even filled up to 20 yet. Yeah, no, it's funny. Cause like, I mean, it wasn't extreme, but I think there was moments where I was like, 
I felt discouraged from creating a new deck because I didn't want to delete anything necessarily in that moment. So I'm like, oh, I'll do it. So maybe I waited a couple of days to delete something where now it feels like I can just have what I want, right? And uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to have like 20 and feel like that's not enough. You know what I mean? I mean, that could be the case, but I feel like 20 is a solid number to have just a lot of different play styles. So very, very welcome change as well. So a lot of cool things in the general. I think sometimes you and me have kind of skipped over the general changes, uh, but I think there's some some important things there. Um, one thing that stands out to me in the next section, the optimization section of the Paths to Notes, is they added a download all assets button in settings. So normally what's happened in the past is as you're playing uh, the game, it would just, in the background and as you're playing matches, it's just trying to download things you need, right? Uh, locations, cards, etc. Um, and that was affecting, you know, certain phones with lower RAMs, lower processors, poor network connectivity, et cetera, et cetera. Have, did you like, first thing, did you like whip out the update and download all the assets or have you not touched that at all? I actually tried to do that, but for some reason, and I submitted a report for this, but on my iOS, I have an iPhone 13 and when I hit the download all assets button, nothing happens. It, it won't download it. And I, I see while I'm playing, it is still downloading the assets as it needs, like that split second. So, like, I, I'm not sure what's happening with mine, but, yeah, it, the button's not working for me. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I it, I had a different experience, but also not, like, I wouldn't say it's bad, but I did it, and it, like, went for a really long time, and I thought it was done. I'm like, okay, that's got to be, it, like, looked, the, the little loading line at the bottom was kind of choppy and kind of jumping all over the place. And I thought it was done, right? It had gone for like 10, 20 minutes. But then like the next day, it was like still downloading stuff. So I'm like, is it really done? So then I left it open for a little while longer and clicked it again. And now I think after like two sessions of like 20 plus minutes, it like got everything. But it was hard for me to visually actually tell if it was downloaded, right? I, I want to see, like maybe it'd be nice on the setting screen to have like a percentage, be like, it has downloaded 63% of the assets, right? Um, or maybe just like a little thing that pops up like under the button or something like yep. you already have them all downloaded like yeah. letting you know or whatever. download complete yeah. yep yep I mean that's a little nitpicky I understand I mean I'm not super worried about this but uh, it seems like there's a little bit more to work out on your end and my end and our experiences there so up next localization they have added initial support for the Spanish language so I think that's awesome uh, this includes text and voiceovers love to see it uh, great thing. Um, next, we have art uh, art and visual effects. Let's dive in there. Um, so a couple things. To make for a snappier experience when moving, ongoing effect updates are paused while moving multiple cards. Um, and then they uh, prevented or disabled the Colossus visual effect, the completely white, whited out Colossus that we've all been loving for a month now. Um <laughs> And then, and then they made some different visual effects uh, and location effects. Um, any of them stand out to you or any of them that you've noticed that you really like? So the two that stand out the most to me for the cards are Ghost Rider yes. and Apocalypse. Yes. I feel like Ghost Rider is the simple one for everyone. The chains, it looks so cool. And so cool. I love that they're doing this. Yeah, I, I love, I mean, I think that's definitely a cool flair that digital card games give you. You have those cool animations and stuff. But yeah, the Ghost Rider one's really cool. And I really like the Apocalypse. I hadn't seen Apocalypse until today. But he like 
gets like disintegrated and then regenerates back and then goes back to the hand. It's really cool. That's awesome. I love that they're like <clears throat> adding more over time, right? Because they could just say like, oh, well, what's there? People haven't like asked for a cool, uh, like a better ghostwriter effect. That's probably not something they're getting a lot of feedback, but I like them going back and revisiting cards and like adding new effects. And so I hope that continues, right? I hope, uh, I mean, I don't know if there's a future where every single card has a custom voice and a custom effect that might be a little too crazy, right? But uh, I'm glad that they're adding more as time goes on, right? I, I think that's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I imagine something like that is probably just a small team, like maybe a few people working on that. So they're just adding them as they finish them. So as we get new patches, maybe we'll get five or six more every patch just as they get done with them they add them into the game yeah which i'm completely fine with like i said there there's some really cool gems in them when they do do it so definitely fine with taking a little time yeah no i think it's something they probably have their kind of effects team if you will like that are kind of dedicated to the sound effects and the visual effects and they probably just have a cue that they're working on uh kind of constantly for each patch so uh, i think that makes a lot of sense well up next, I don't have a lot to say on is the audio changes because I 90% of the time am playing in situations where I have to have the sound off. And I mean, I have it on sometimes, but just since the patch came out, I haven't had my sound on to play. Uh, I don't know if you're the same as me, but have you heard any of these new sounds, whether it's cards or locations that, that stand out to you as well? I have heard them, but I play with the sound off on my devices too when I play for the most part. Um, but I watch a lot of streamers too, and I have heard their, the sound effects on there. So uh, a bunch of the sound effects are really cool too. Um, and like I said, another thing they're just slowly adding in, I'm sure they'll keep adding more, but I, I like stuff like that. I like the, the visual and audio feel of the effects and the audio. So I'm glad they keep adding stuff to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have a, sol you know, we all know they have a solid game playing and kind of just how the game functions, but this is just kind of like, the icing on the cake, right? Just that extra piece to make make it a fun experience. So uh, definitely love and, and shout out to, you know, I don't know if uh, the second dinner designers and audio people are listening, but we really appreciate what you guys are doing. So, well, uh, let's dive into the meat of the balance updates. There is a lot here. Um, and I am interested, as always, Luke, to hear your thoughts here. So uh, the first one, uh, Arnim Zola, this is more of a, I mean, it's not like a bug fix. I think it's just something that had an unintentional side effect, if you will. So Arnim Zola no longer adds copies of a card if his target was not destroyed. So I think the situation would be like you have Professor X or you have uh, armor, you know, at the location. So things can't be destroyed there. Arnim Zola flips and then... It wouldn't be able to destroy the card, but then it would still add copies to the other locations. Um, and so now they're making sure that, that that's enforced. That requirement is it does actually have to get uh, destroyed for it to be able to repeat, if I understand it correctly. Is that how you understand it? Uh, yes, and I've seen this in action. That's exactly what it is now. Yeah, yeah. So not much to say there other than I'm glad they're like finding the things that they maybe missed in the logic of how certain things should work. They, they've done that over time and making them more consistent on what you would expect. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's just, they didn't attend for that to be a gameplay mechanic. And so they are just fixing that. I'm surprised we didn't get the Yondu change too, mm -hmm. because they said in the past on discord that, 
Um, with it not being uh, destroyed, effectively being removed, it shouldn't count towards a trigger for lowering your death cost. I was surprised we didn't get it here, but I'm fine with it. I'm a death wave player, so yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> well, and my hope would be either they have it not count or they change the text, right? I mean, that kind of feels like what it needs to be, and then it and then it works that way. So yeah, I mean, I think we're still going to see a change there, but maybe that's just lower on their priority list, right? Um, I don't think anybody's complaining too hard about that one where the Arnim Zola one kind of would feel bad, right? If you like, you're like, hey, I made it so they couldn't destroy cards, but then they're still getting the benefit. So, um, yeah. well, up next is uh, is an interesting one. Baron Mordo, uh, I would say, was at the bottom of the barrel, right, before this patch. I'm not saying he's the number one card now, but now, uh, so it's still a two-cost, three-power card that reads, uh, on reveal, your opponent draws a card set its cost to six. So previously it was your opponent draws a card, increase its cost by one. That could mean they draw a one cost card and then it increases to a two cost, right? Now it's going to pull a card from their deck and set it to six. So, I mean, best case scenario for you is you're getting a really low cost card in their hand or in their deck that they were hoping to draw and play. And now it's six. So now it's like they can either play it on turn six or they can't play it at all. What are your thoughts on the Baron Mordo change? Now, with this change, I was very interested to see, and I guess we have a little bit of an advantage of uh, doing this recording a little bit later than we normally do. It's usually the day of the patch. So I've played with this a lot and played against it a lot. This change is probably, I would say, the biggest buff of the buffs that they've done um, because this card's amazing now, or at least it's been amazing for me. There are times where you can, it will hit cards where it won't have an effect. It hit us they drew an extra six cost card so it didn't change the cost or anything like that or even a five cost bumping it up to one but especially it playing against me i've had it hit wave and mojo and carnage and just cards that you don't want to call sis you want to play way before then so uh i think it's a very good change and i think i mean he's definitely seeing way more play now like uh, so I, I think it's a very good change. I'm, I'm glad that, because there's definitely not a change that I would have thought of. I was thinking, oh, maybe they'll make him a 2-4 or something like yeah. that. But I think this is definitely the correct change to make this card way more playable than it was before. Uh, yeah, and I'm exactly with you. I was expecting, okay, they're going to buff the, uh, you know, the power, right? That made the most sense to me but obviously these are game designers they they know a little bit more about when they really need to make a bigger change and i think this is i think this is a good change uh we'll talk a little bit later on about another card that changed that i know uh some people feel like is an a little bit of an overpowered combo um so we'll we'll talk about that when we get there but let's go to jessica jones so jessica jones is a four cost four power card on reveal if you don't play a card here next turn plus four power so uh, before Jessica was a five cost card. Uh, and so it was like you play her on turn five and then you wouldn't play anything with her on turn six to get the buff. Um, so now they're just trying to make her a little easier to use, right? You can play her on turn four, you can play her on turn five. Uh, so they, you know, in the developer comments, they say we're looking at a change similar to rescue, right? Like moving her lower cost kind of enables her to see more play. Uh, and I've seen some more play of Jessica Jones and I've heard more people excited to play her with this change. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this card is way better also. Um, just, I think a big change that also helps with it is it being a 5-8. You just can't play a 6-drop into it. That was limiting what you could kind of do with that lane. 
But now if you play her on four, you can not play anything there five, but then six, you can play something back there if you need to, you know, swing that location again. Um, also, Jessica Jones is really good on Comitage now with the <laughs> double reveal trigger. Yep. So becoming 12 powers is pretty fantastic. No. Yeah. Super great. Um, and I think you described the flexibility perfectly, right? It opens up your turn six to... You can play any at any of your clo- locations. You have a spot, right? You're not feeling like you're limited to, well, I can't play my Je- Jessica Jones location or I'm missing out on power. So definitely think that helps. Um, next one is, is a feel bad one for me with my, uh, with my discard deck. Uh, Lady Sif has gone from a two, four, two cost, four power to a three cost, four power. Um, you know, last patch we saw several changes and kind of re-leveling of the discard cards. Um, like Swordmaster uh, and some others, right? Uh, so this kind of feels like a continuation of this, but to me, this, I don't know. Um, I mean, I get it. Lady Sif was very consistent, like in Apocalypse decks and other, you know, discard decks like Hella, things like that. Um, so the, I don't know. I, I guess I have mixed feelings. I like kind of get why they did it, but now it just feels like I don't have a good, two cost discard card to play on you know to like get my ramp on turn two ideally right yeah it's it's very strange if you look at it now with the rework they did last patch with all the discard cards like there isn't a whole lot i think there's it's just um calling wing is the only two cost now yep everyone else has kind of been moved out of it um and i think this is a very strange uh, nerf to me i i have seen a lot less lady sif play like you see her in play with apocalypse and hella and stuff like that but like before when before they did the ghost rider change i felt like every deck it was just lady sif into you know infinite and then ghost rider and just combos and whatever but once they changed ghost rider i saw that a lot less i did yep. personally yep and so i didn't really like i would never guessed if they were like what cards you get nerfed i would have never said lady sith yep. so this is interesting we'll see i think also something that we don't think about too much that i want to bring up is maybe there's a card coming out in the future mm. where they're like oh maybe we need to adjust this a little bit more so maybe we're don't see everything that's in play with the nerf. Um, but I think it's fine. I mean, it's not too crazy, but it is discards in a weird spot because like pretty much everything costs like three or four now to discard. I still feel like blade, but yeah, no, it's very, very, very interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see as always, right. This is one of those ones that I want. I, I feel like I, I won't understand the full effects of for a couple of weeks. Like, because in some ways it feels like a big nerf to Apocalypse decks and Hella decks. Um, and so I'm interested to see how much play I see against those kinds of decks over the next couple of weeks. If that feels like it really goes down or if it stays about the same. So it will be a, it'll be a watch for me. I'm interested to see the impact that has. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a deck that definitely gets touched with this. I mean, it wasn't like the best deck, but I know a lot of people had fun playing with it. Um, this also hurts the Agatha decks. Because mm. Agatha decks had, had, you know, built a shell around Lady Sif on turn two, and the only six drop you play is Agatha, so she gets discarded. Um, yeah. So you get the advantage of the extra draw and the deck thinning and all that. Um, so that's gone now. You have to wait an extra turn, which yeah. slows the deck down a good bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, feels like not just a nerf to a card. Feels kind of like a a nerf to uh, discard play, if you will. So we we will see if they make additional changes in the future, or if, like you say, maybe there's another card coming that kind of helps fill that that gap. Um, up next, I think is one of the biggest ones we all knew was coming, Mister Negative. Uh, but I think we all, you know, I I saw lots of ideas of how people thought Mister Negative could be changed and nerfed. Uh, so Mr. Negative was a four cost, four power card, and now he's a four cost, one power card. Same ability. So all cards in your deck flip cost and power. Do you think this was the right change, wrong change? What are your thoughts on this one? This is this is an interesting one. So this is a hard one. Uh, especially, I'm glad that we've got to play with this a little bit um, before talking about it. I think this was the right change. I like Mr. Negative ever since I got Mr. Negative. I've always liked his gameplay and the unique playstyle his you know deck built around him can can go. Um, so I was really worried that they were gonna make it a five cost or completely rework the effect or something. And I did. I mean, I think a lot of people did also was like you know it being a four four that power that you get with what he does with the combo with the other cards was just too much. So I think after playing with it, this was the right change. Mm. I think just lowering the power, it has it's a very powerful build around me effect that synergizes with a lot of cards. But that power, there's other cards that have similar effects, you know, Sandman, very powerful effect, but you get the reduced power for that with the cost. So I, I think this was the correct change. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. You know, it's one of those ones that makes me think, I mean, I'd be so interested to be a fly on the wall and see their kind of testing and iteration process internally, right? Um, because I'm sure they looked at Mr. Negative from multiple angles. Uh, I'd just be interested of like how they make changes internally, and how they test those out, right? Um, yeah, uh, but obviously, you know, I, I think they've made... Out of every change they made in every patch, I, I'd say in the end, I end up agreeing with 90 plus percent of them, right? Um, so this one I'm still a little unsure about. Uh, you obviously feel like it's a good change, but I do have, you know, generally confidence that um, they know what's doing best and whatever they're doing uh, in their laboratory, right, to to make changes uh, is generally pretty good. So um, up next, we have Professor X. So Professor X reads, ongoing, lock down this location. Cards can't be added, removed, etc. So this is just a text change, really. Um, I don't think anything has changed with the effect here. Um, other than, I guess, they do have one note here. Along with this change, Professor X will now prevent cards from switching ownership, like Hobgoblin. That was just kind of one of those unintended combinations, I think, where Hobgoblin was able to switch sides when, obviously, Professor X, that cards can't be added or removed. But this wasn't like an add or removed, or like a, a, a movement, if you will, like a, on your side of the board, it was like a movement across the board, which is unique to Hobgoblin and Green Goblin. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Any thoughts there? I think this one's just another one of those kind of, uh, let's make it more clear what's going on. I think it's definitely a more let's make it clear, but it is a buff. Like this is, to me, 100% a buff uh, to the card. Not a huge buff, but the... Hobgoblin and Green Goblin not switching over because I have beaten Professor X's with I'd have like Daredevil and I see that they're playing it and I've played a Green Goblin or Hobgoblin into that lane 
knowing that it would switch over and I would win that lane, they lock it down, they would immediately retreat. But now this, it it prevents that a little bit. I mean, like I said, not something happening every game or every day, but it is a small buff. Hey all, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about MarvelSnapZone.com. Marvel Snap Zone is a one-stop shop for everything Marvel Snap on the internet. They have new articles nearly every day that cover deck building, strategy, card breakdowns, etc. They have a great collection tracker tool and a decklist builder that works off of that collection tracker so that you can know what decks you can build with your current card collection. They have guides and deck lists for all level of players and all collection level of players. Make sure to go to MarvelSnapZone.com and check it out now. Up next, we have Spider-Man. Uh, I think Spider-Man definitely needed a change. Uh, I don't know if this is quite enough. Maybe it is. Uh, it probably is, but Spider-Man went from a four-cost, two-power card to a four-cost, three-power card. So Spider-Man still has the same ability where... Uh, it prevents your opponent from playing a card at that location the turn after you play it. So he you know, throws out his web on the location and locks it down for one turn. Um, but it, sometimes it did feel bad, right? Because like, you know, let's say you played it on four uh, and then they're locked out five, but then they can play again on six. Like, And you're only getting two power on your side of the board. Felt a little rough. Now, obviously, you play on five. It can be really good in a lot of cases. You lock them out of playing anything on turn six. So I think this just helps it feel a little bit better to play Spider-Man as a disruption card. Um, just getting that one extra little bit. I mean, we've seen time and time again, they they up a power by one and it seems small, but it can make a real difference uh, in its playability. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the power and call stuff. Just think about Scorpion. 3-3, mm-hmm. three, three, never played. 2-2, two, two, played a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they have the numbers of showing how grass, how just large that increase was for the play for Scorpion. And I think Spider-Man is something similar. I'm uh, surprised. Like, I'm sure, you know, if uh, you look at their data that they have, Spider-Man was on the lower end of plays and win rates and stuff like that. So that's why they did this. But Spider-Man has such a powerful effect on turn five, like you said. Um, I am... it's it's nice to have that power though, because that is one thing with the two power. It it almost made Spider Man you there's no options for really playing it on four. You'd get such a bad trade off with the only two power, which three's not much more, but it definitely helps. Yeah. Um being able to play it on turns that are not turn five. Yep. I think we're gonna see some increased Spider Man. I don't think it'll be to the level of Scorpion just because Scorpion is a lower cost card, it's an easier include in a lot of decks. But I think mm-hmm. Spider Man play overall will we'll see a bump up. So I think that's good. That's what you want to see with any underplayed card, right? Uh, Just a nudge in the right direction. Okay. uh, Up next, Thor. Uh, You know, I, I I was on the page that Thor wasn't the best, but I I guess I didn't expect a a change this soon. Uh, You know, I I thought there'd be a little bit more time before anything changed, but uh, it's welcome in my mind. So Thor went from a four cost, six power card to a three cost, four power card. So reducing the cost and the power gives you more flexibility to obviously play him earlier, but draw Mjolnir, uh, you know, more chances to draw Mjolnir, right? And to combo with things like uh, Lady Thor and other things. So I think this is a good change. 
Um, I haven't really played, I didn't really play a ton with Thor in his original state, just he didn't fit into my play style and I didn't think he was the best, but I don't know. Have you, have you had a chance to play around with the changed Thor? Yeah. So, uh, I, I liked Thor, the concept of Thor and, you know, once everyone got Jane, definitely tried him out some and, uh, he seemed very strong and you could do combo things with, uh, Odin and Wong and mm-hmm. stuff, but I think three four makes them a much more playable card outside of just trying to combo. Obviously, you can still try to do the combo things, but just a three four solid stat line that's fine. You get the hammer in your deck, you know, more chances, like you said, to draw it, or you are playing Jane to draw her to uh, get the the hammer out there and power him up. And you do get the hammer three ten. I mean, that's that's some serious power for three costs. Uh, I, I think Thor, this is a very good change. I'm sure this is another change because it was just lower play rate or win rate, however they you know measure everything over there. But I think this is a good change, and I've definitely seen a lot more of Thor now than before the patch. Yeah. Okay. Um, up next, we have a big chunk of changes. So I'm going to read the developer comment here because I think it'll add a little color before we dive in here. So... Uh, It says, many of our five and six cost cards don't quite live up to their lofty energy costs. We'd also like to give our five cost cards some more identity, as many of them at the moment have rather simplistic effects compared to many of the other cards in Snap. We're making a suite of balance changes targeted at the five and six cost range to help some cards that are underperforming and provide some more interesting options at five cost. So... There's a lot here, so I'm going to read through these, and then let's just maybe pick out the ones that stand out to us the most to uh, to dive into a little bit deeper. So Abomination went from a 5.8 to a 5.9. Arrow, uh, a fave of yours, went from a 5.6 to a 5.8. Black Bolt, uh, 5.7 to 5.8. Blue Marvel, interesting, 6.4 to a 5.3. Devil Dino, another very interesting, from a 4.0 to a 5.3. Uh, Gamora, 5-7, on reveal if your opponent played a card here, this turn plus 5 power. Uh, Claw, 5-4, uh, ongoing, this location, the location to the right has plus 6 power now. Uh, Red Skull went from a 5-14 to a 5-15, that retains the same ability. Ronin has, is a 5-0, and ongoing ability is plus 3 power now for each card in your opponent's hand. And then Spider Woman has gone from a 4-4 to a 5-7. Let's focus on the five cost card updates uh, first before we go to the six cost. What what are maybe the top one, two, or three? You know, whatever. However many are kind of standing out to you. What what is standing out here and why? So right off the bat, honorable mention to Arrow. I play the card probably more than any other card, so I'll take the two extra power. Uh, but I think this is a very similar change to the what we talked about earlier with the discard. It was just kind of the philosophy they had for set things and they had to, you know, rework and rechange the their what their thinking on cost was for discarding cards. Same thing here. I just think they realized that the five and six costs needed a little bit more love. So they really focused on trying to do that in this patch to arrange stuff. So I think um probably Ronin is definitely one that stands out to me. I think Devil Dinosaur is uh, that probably helps a little bit with the negative too, makes them mm-hmm. less good with the negative uh, flip. And uh, Blue Marvel, I've seen a lot more Blue Marvel play now um, at that 5-3. I haven't played with them myself, but I've seen him a lot more. But I think the biggest winner 
of these changes is Ronan. Um, yeah. Because basically, you know, if your opponent has even low cards in their hand, if they have two or three cards, that's still six, nine power. And then be able to um, combo him with stuff like Sandman or Maximus to slow down their card play or to have them draw more cards, I think is very good. Um, I think he's probably the biggest winner for sure of the five costs. Yeah, no. And I've, you know, talked to people and I've seen that uh, people are playing Baron Mordo more because of the changes and then Ronan more because of the changes. And obviously those have some synergy, right? Um, And so it's funny, you know, two cards that didn't see a lot of play now are are seeing kind of a a little combo forming. Uh, So very interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Devil Dino definitely stands out with the changes with Mr. Negative. Blue Marvel I didn't see coming, but I think it was much needed. I think Blue Marvel is one of the weakest six-cost cards. Uh, I think this opens up a lot of possibilities. Um, Spider-Woman, I I think, is a very interesting one. Um, You know, Spider-Woman gives minus one power to every card at the location across the board from you. So being a 4-4 before, if if you were to line her up against four cards across from you, basically you'd get a net gain of eight power, right? Uh, 4-8, if you will. Now, uh, you're paying five costs, but you could potentially get a net gain of 11, being the seven power from her and the minus four across. That That's a pretty powerful card. That feels a lot a lot better uh, to me of playing Spider-Woman, right? Um, obviously, it's you're playing her a little bit later in the game uh, when you may, may want some flexibility for some other cards, but I think it's a more interesting. And that's basically what they try to say is they're trying to make the five costs and six cost cards a little more interesting uh, where some of them just kind of fell flat, so... Yeah, I mean, I think it helps too. I mean, if you think about what Spider Woman wants, she wants you to have three, four cards, and you know, against you, so you get the maximum negative. So, making you want to play it later and giving you more power for it definitely accomplishes that. So, it definitely fits with the strategy that they want you to do with Spider Woman. Yep. So. Yep. Agreed. Well, let's do the six cost card changes. So, Agatha Harkness has gone from a six thirteen to a six fourteen. Hulk from a 6.11 to a 6.12. Onslaught from a 6.6 to a 6.7. Spectrum from a 6.4 to a 6.5. And Ultron is now a 6.8. And still has the same ability on reveal. Create four one power drones at each other location. Um, The one that stands out to me uh, the most. uh, Well, I wouldn't say the most. But one that's interesting to me is Hulk. I, I think Hulk was kind of forgettable in the six cost cards. A lot of the times. Not always. But there was just other cards that had more power. And um, unless you were playing something like a Patriot deck, right? Uh, Hulk wasn't an include for most. This extra bump in power, it's only one, but it feels a lot better. I mean, personally for me, right, in my Hella deck, which is one of my favorite decks to play, I've had Death in there. And it's definitely not a destroy Death deck by any means. So it's just, I've just had her in there because she has 12 power. I'm going to replace her with Hulk, right? Um, And I'm going to start to use some more Hulk play because... Um, I'm still getting the same amount of power without, uh, you know, having the nine cost card. So like worst case scenario, I could play Hulk on six where uh, death I couldn't in that specific deck. So what what stands out to you on the six cost changes? Uh, I think it's definitely Ultron for me, but it may be because my first game playing with the patch, I just got absolutely blown out. I was used to playing against Patriot decks, but Patriot decks always played their small guys and their squirrel girls and all that stuff broods out. And then turn six, they would uh, Patriot Mystique. That's yep. Yep. just always the dream. 
And then, but my opponent, like, turned three Patriot, turned four Mystique, and I'm like, okay, cool. And then they Ultron, and I was like, oh, just blown out. I just was not expecting the drones to pop out and be buffed so much, and it just completely blew me out. So I've definitely seen a few of those decks running around, and I've played a little bit myself. I think it's a good change. I would love for them to do the same thing with Crystal, just bring her back to what she was before, because <laughs> she, she didn't see a lot of play before, but... Uh, way back before the change with Crystal, I started experimenting with her a little bit. Um, but then as soon as they changed it where you have to play in the middle lane, just completely just never putting the card in a deck again. But I, I want them, uh, hopefully they'll look at other cards like that too. But yeah, I think Ultron's a big change, a uh, good change for decks that are trying to do different things for the Patriot decks and stuff. Yeah. Well, that is the end of the card updates. I think uh, definitely some interesting things. I definitely, it definitely feels like a preparing for global release kind of rebalance, right? Especially with all these five and six cost card changes. It feels like they've just, they have a lot of data. They've had months of data now and they kind of said, okay, we're going to streamline some things, make things more clear with the power curve and the cost curve and we're going to go. So, so I think that's really cool. Um, up next, we just have a couple small location updates. Um, so Adela- I-, I say Adelan or o- Adelan. I don't know actually how to you know pronounce the location, but uh, after turn three, shuffle your hand into your deck, draw three cards. They don't have the old text here, but correct me if I'm wrong, Lou. I think it was at the beginning of turn four they did it before. Yes. So essentially it's like the same time, but it's trying to make it a little more clear that like you could i'm sure people sometimes got confused that oh it says turn four on it they're thinking end of turn four because there are lots of locations that do stuff at the end of turn four um so this makes it a little more clear a little more consistent hey this is happening at the end of turn three so you have three turns to play from your hand before it gets shuffled into your deck right so yeah i I think it was just a clarification if i remember correctly the wording was bad it wasn't even it didn't even say at the start of turn four it just said on turn four and so i guess that that definitely makes sense to just clear it up like after turn three but yeah i'm pretty sure the old text was just like on turn four which Mm, was which is even more confusing yeah (laughs) because like what is on is that like at the end the middle the beginning yeah 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 this is just one of i mean this happens with all card games right and digital card games have the liberty to like go change this uh, stuff. It just naturally, when you're creating cards and you're writing text, things are going to be a little inconsistent, right? So glad that we have the ability to make things more clear as time goes on. Um, and then a new location, Necrotia. Cards here have minus two powers. So they've removed Clintar and replaced it with Necrotia. Uh, I don't know. What do you make of this? Do you think they're going to use Clintar to be something different that just makes a little more sense to them? Or do you think there's like Marvel rights issues with Clintar? I don't know. Uh, This just feels strange to me. I'm sure it's something similar to Nowhere and Death's Domain. Mm -hmm. It's probably just like a lore thing that this is going to fit better with this or that or whatever. So that's probably what it was. They just needed. They're like, oh, this makes more sense. Some, you know, guy way into the comic books like that doesn't line up with that location name you should change that to this so <laughs> yeah somebody call him ben Brode out on his knowledge of the marvel wiki probably right and uh yeah yeah so, uh no yeah so so interesting um I, i'd be interested to see if they reuse clintar and you know as a different ability um but obviously they're trying to 
they are trying to, you know, be influenced as much by the Marvel lore, which is a good thing, right? They're sticking to their source material, and, and that's definitely not a bad thing. I'm, I'm open to them making changes to try to make things uh, have the right flavor, if you will. So, uh, well, last we have the bugs, um, and, and like normal, I don't plan to have you and me go through each bug and give our thoughts here. Uh, a lot of the bugs are, you know, fixes with visual effects and uh, just kind of how the game plays out. Uh, and certain things that would just uh, not be great. Um, and I don't know. I, I guess I'll say first that I, I feel like my game has been running more smoothly. It's hard to like quantify that, right? Because I don't, I don't think of every single little issue or uh, lack of optimization there was, right? I wasn't keeping track mentally of every little thing. But overall, my general perception thus far is the game is running more smoothly I'm, I'm curious if you feel the same if you have anything specific or if it's just kind of a feeling for you as well i, I do feel like that it, it's running smoother now um i think with these changes in the bug fixes and stuff i know that there are still more bugs there's a known bug list of new bugs that have cropped up and stuff, but that's just going to happen. I'm sure the team will get better as they are doing more and more patches to get better at squashing those bugs. Um, a few changes on here, if you don't mind me pointing them out, that do have like in-game uh, play. Um, I'm glad you are because I'm, I'm reading them right now. I'm like, actually, we should probably talk about some of these things. Yeah, yeah. So definitely the, the players can now retreat if your opponent plays Daredevil on turn five and snaps. That's a big one. They definitely needed to change that, um, especially with the changes they did before where allowing you to retreat if you snap and they snap back. Uh, the Wong Onslaught uh, functions correctly now. You don't have to cheat out Onslaught before you play Wong to get it to work. Yep. And then the the reveal effects triggered twice by Odin are now doubled by common shots. I think that's a, a big one too. Yeah. So I think uh, maybe there's more, but those are the three that stuck out to me that those actually have in-game consequences for being fixed and glad they are fixed. Yeah, one more I'd like to call out that fits exactly what you're saying. Um, fix an issue where Hulk's created at Gamma Lab retained modifiers from before transformation. Um, and Gamma Lab now turns tokens, spawn cards into Hulks properly. This was a disappointment to me. So when Gamma Lab was the featured new location, I was playing a Patriot deck a lot. And I thought, this is great, right? I'm using Patriot, which is obviously going to buff my Hulks from Gamma Lab. But then I would play like Squirrels and uh, other tokens like um, Brood, Broodlings in there. And then they'd end up being like two power Hulks. And I'm like, well, that feels kind of dumb, right? Like (laughs) uh, that feels like a letdown. Like they still get my bonus from Patriot, but I was expecting uh, 11 power cards, right? And obviously 12 power cards now with the change to hulk but I, it's it's a small thing but i think it just will make that location even better right uh, and more fair um for everybody so yeah, yeah and, and it's it's a trade-off too because you know the cards don't keep the buffs either so you can't like sunspot or angelo or Bishop yeah because that was happening too you are right get yeah. the buffs and, yeah and have bigger hulks now all hulks are created equal they're all 12 <laughs> even even token hulks like they're all the same now. Yep. Yep. Well, awesome. A huge patch this time. I mean, definitely uh, definitely the biggest one we've had. A lot of, uh, you know, we, like we've said, visual and audio things. The most that I think they've ever added in one drop. 
Uh, most cards changed in one drop. A lot of bug fixes, and obviously, uh, beyond just like uh, visual bug fixes or crash fixes or stuff, obviously some card interactions uh, improved and made more clear and behaving the way you'd expect and the way the developers would expect it to work. So overall, I think this is a great patch that is preparing us for the global release. I guess my final question to you, Lou, and the last thing I think we could talk about really quickly is, is there anything, and there could be maybe a lot of thoughts, so maybe your top one or two things that you feel like are still missing or cards that need to be changed, etc., before global release? Is there anything you feel like is still lacking in preparation for global release? So off the top of my head, when it comes to card balance changes, I think it's a little too early to know of anything that sticks out. There's nothing that sticks out immediately uh, in the new meta that needs to be fixed to me. Um, definitely still time for that to happen. Um, I think there's one thing that we will see. I think with they, them making these sweeping changes, unless something does pop up and show to be too strong or underplayed or, you know, whatever metrics they're looking at. I don't think, I think this was the patch to do before the global launch patch. Um, I think we won't see as many changes. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll be more like a, the next... a hot fix change. If there's anything that needs to be changed last second. Exactly. Like I, well, I just feel like they, they're getting their balance stuff in now. Hopefully they're probably hoping it's in a good spot and they don't have to, you know, ever how many cards was affected in this one, 15, 20 cards. They're, they're probably hoping to not change that many cards right at release. Um, but uh, I think the back to your question, I deviated a little bit from that was uh, I don't, like I said, I don't think there's cards or locations that really need to be changed. Um, the things that I would want to see for the release that are not in the game yet is uh, new game modes. Mm-hmm. Something that even, even if it's friendly games, or a different game mode in general, or a uh, the tournament mode they teased a long time ago, or um, even a casual, like, unranked um, modes. Something like that, I would take any of those. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, we know that it's not going to happen for launch, but I think missing any kind of way to add cards in other than um, the Season Pass yep. cards, I think that's a big thing, not having the Nexus event replacements in before global, which they said we should hear news before global launch. So maybe there'll be something. I know there's a lot of speculation that maybe the cards that we didn't get for the Nexus, just because we have been so bone dry with getting new cards since the Nexus events flopped, um, that maybe they, those cards that didn't get in the Nexus events will be added to pull three or some way. So we'll have like an influx of new cards out Mm -hmm global launch but that's speculation we'll have to see but i personally enjoy new cards and can't wait till we get to the point that they want to where we're getting like a new card every week oh yeah um that sounds really exciting to me that's and i'm the dream. ready to be there yes i'm so ready to be there so th- that's what i say just get some kind of different game mode so you're just not clicking play in the same thing every uh time and the some way to get new cards and hopefully we'll hear something soon and have good news. So that's why I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No, I think what you say makes a lot of sense. I think that this was kind of their chance to make a lot of big changes and still have, you know, four weeks almost of more data coming back from these changes. 
So if there is that one last one or two tweaks they need to make right before release, they can, but they try to get in as much as they can now based on the data they have. I think that makes a lot of sense so that uh, they can be as ready as possible for global release. So uh, very excited about this patch. Uh, I think there's a lot of good changes. I think they've shown again that we are in good hands as far as developers with this game that we all love so much and that they are, you know, they're going to constantly make sure that the game is balanced as best they can. So I think they've shown us that time and time again. And my hope is that obviously this cadence of patches, you know, every three to four weeks uh, continues post-release. I would love that. And that's my hope that they continue that. So uh, Loot Muncher, as always, thank you so much for being here uh, to cover the patch notes with us. Um, this is this is always uh, a great uh, time to catch up with you and to break this stuff down. Uh, I'd be remiss uh, if you didn't have a chance to give some shout outs about your content, about uh, Cube Rush and what you're doing over there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you're interested in following me, you can follow me at Loot Muncher Zero on Twitter and at Twitch. Um, and we do host uh, Cube Rush events on my channel. I organize, put it together. A whole bunch of streamers, pretty much anyone and everyone that streams uh, Marvel Snap. We get together uh, every week, get, uh, you know, six, eight players. We've changed the format pretty much every week. We've done teams last uh, or yesterday. Yeah, I'm lost on days. Yesterday we did draft. Um, an amazing community member, Stone Donkey, made a draft tool that you can use to draft cards. And we did a draft awesome. cube rush. So yeah. So just had a bunch of community members come together and stream play. Um, keep track of your cubes. The whoever gets the most cubes and playing for an hour wins. So it's really fun and should definitely check them out. And a lot of great content creators there. Yeah. Well, make sure to check that out on Wednesdays on Luke Muncher's uh, Twitch channel. Uh, and with that all being said, thank you listeners as always for being here and tuning in, and we will catch you in the next episode. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, recorded, produced, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening.